It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the latest episode of River City 93, brought to you by Rough Mix Cars, Icarus FC, and of course, for the culture. This is your host, as always, Elliot Barr, and is joining me is two guys that probably made the best predictions of week one. This is Mr. Matt and Shanir. How are you doing, guys? I'm doing great. Doing great. I'm happy. Doing good. Three goals, three points. What's that like? Uh, Nothing. You know, everything went great. We got New Jerseys. They look fantastic. Yeah, we I was like three goals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The jerseys. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But um, before we kick off, you know, first of all, we want to put out well wishes out there to Ian Antley. Um, his injury, as soon as it happened, man, my my, my heart dropped. Because it, no, it was the same thing, right? Not. I think yeah. so. I think it was the same knee. Yeah, as soon as it happened, man, I was just like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> he couldn't put oh, any weight on it or anything. I, I'm not a, like a doctor or any kind of like medical person, but isn't it almost in a way better if it is the same knee? Because it's like, you know, not something that would have to be totally reconstructed again, whereas the other knee, you could totally have to you know, blow it. I feel like I've seen something about that in other sports before where. You, know, you almost want it to be just the same re-injury rather than something different. First of all, man, you're up. not a doctor? That's what we brought you on the show to be. An analyst and a doctor for us. I uh, don't don't got that degree yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that is how it goes. Once again, this is not a medical show. You should not take our medical advice seriously. So <laughs> please do not uh, think tearing your ACL is going to grow it two times as stronger. But um, yeah, man, Start of the game, first of all, let's back up. Let's talk about this lineup. Um, for yeah. most important, I was really thrown off by a lot of stuff. Not a lot of stuff, but I was thrown off by one particular like lineup um, where one particular person was lined up at. But outside of that, it's kind of the 11 that we thought about. Yeah, I, I told you all what lineup was going to be. <laughs> Look, man, just because you got two predictions right, the most important two predictions, I give you that. I give I give you your time to post and, and close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the lineup. Uh, you could tell the guys that started to work together. They're still early in the season. Uh, you know, they're going to continue to grow and you know find fits. And uh, I mean, I think it's probably likely that it'll change next week. Uh, in part because you know Ian. Uh, I'd be shocked he's back, you know, within, you know, a week, you know, after what looks like, uh, even if it's a slight injury, I don't think you want to risk it this early in the year. Uh, but, you know, that's why, you know, Darren's built up, you know, that level of bench that we got too. So. Yeah, that, that having that depth on the bench was very key and very important. Um, cause what was it? He got hurt around the 25th minute, right? 
Yeah, Is that what you're right? Somewhere, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. And our handy dandy man, Luke Pavone, comes in with this mask. Well, first of all, this mask is like glorious and I love it. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna, are we, are we going to agree just to call him the Phantom now? I, I, I'll, no, prove hey. I'll prove that. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. The Phantom. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, with us not being able to watch preseason at all, like, I now know what Zaka plays because in my head, I thought he was like a central midfielder, an attacking mid. Nope. He is the CDM and he is the only one playing CDM because I don't know what it was, man. Because I, I really thought he was going to be like a central midfielder. I thought Victor was going to be like the CDM like he was last year. And Victor pushed further up the field. Let me ask y'all about that. Like, how do y'all feel about Victor being further up the field versus where he was last year? I mean, I like it. I I like him further up the field. He he can give a little more than just the midfield defensive duties of protecting the back line. He can also, you know, be a distributor in the midfield and 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 work more of a, as an eight than a six, which I think fits him. I mean, I, I personally think it fits him pretty well. Um, he, he had a pretty good game. Uh, I, I liked his performance. I liked it. I mean, with the, with the engine he has playing as an eight seems to make sense for me. Mm. What about you, Matt? Any thoughts on it? Yeah, I think that, you know, the two of them complement each other really well. You know, uh, you know, Victor's, you know, a lot more, uh, you know, kind of, uh, fluid, you know, in style. Like, you know, you watch him. You know, we know he's fast, but he's one of those guys who doesn't look fast, but he's got a good stride. You know, uh, you know, doesn't really you know, make a mistake you know, with the ball at his you know, feet a lot of the times. So I think you know, really understated you know, style, uh, and you know, certainly we can see that. Uh, you know, Shanir said that he can distribute. And we'll talk about that uh, with that first goal. You know, uh, when we get to that in you know, a few minutes, uh, you know, and that's going to you know, complement really well with Zaka, who's just like you know Tasmanian devil, you know, tearing through. You know, the central midfield tearing through anyone and everything that you know comes his way uh, was violent. He can play with the ball too. You know, certainly, I mean, you know, see him going up. He's you know taking all of our corners, everything you know, like that. So uh, I think those two will work together really well. And I, th- I don't think it's going to be a system where it's going to be like you know one is you know the pure defensive midfielder, one's the pure box to box. I think they're going to probably you know rotate, you know trade it off a little bit, especially as you build familiarity. But uh, I'm encouraged so far. Yeah, there's a lot to be encouraged by. I mean, definitely with the zero shots on goal. Um, also, how the fluidity of the play is is going around. Another thing that kind of surprised me, talking about the style of play, uh, most of us pretty much thought, like, this is going to be, like, Derek going into that high press, you know, being up the field, forcing the, forcing the other team into mistakes, like, high up the pitch. It didn't really seem like that. In the first 15 minutes or so, it was kind of like the kickers just decided, all right, we're just going to play this mid-block. And when you lose possession of the ball, that's where we're going to press. And then from there, we're going to be on a counterattack. But they can never really get the counterattack going because, once again, this is the first game of the season. But also, like, a lot of these passes that they were trying to ping up top to uh, Hernan, it it seemed kind of sloppy at first. Any of your thoughts about that? I mean, it wasn't perfect. It was game one. But uh, there's there's selective high pressing. Like, they weren't going – all up every time up front, but I can certainly remember at least three or four times you know, where they were able to you know, pick the ball off of you know, their 
uh, errant pass from a defender you know, on New England side or you know, one of their deep line midfielders, and you know, boom, they're quickly on you know a you know four on three, five on four you know, type of break. You know, you know, a little bit more crispness that'll help out, uh, and you know, being able to you know, turn more of those into goals down the road. So, uh, I think the counterattacking is there. It's just going to be a matter you know of uh, you know, sitting in and you know, having those selective moments and hitting that the right time. Yeah, I agree. I, I think a lot of the the floppiness in the first few minutes of the game it is due to you know first game jitters. You're, you're they're still trying to uh, get used to that system, even though they've had preseason. Now this is this is the actual performance and. It's going to take a few minutes for them to, to settle in. And I, I think after about halfway through the first half, they started to kind of get comfortable in that system. They started to get comfortable in what they were doing. And they seemed a little more relaxed. They seemed a little more at ease and more aware of where they were going. Yeah, that, that really seemed like to be the thing. It seemed like in defensively, uh, it was kind of like that 4-2-3-1 that became a substitute, but in attacking, I wouldn't say it was a three in the back. It never really felt like that, but it was more of we're going to spread out the opposing players and pretty much look for lanes in between space. But if that doesn't work, we're going to, you know, not, I don't want to say hoof it up long to her, man, but hoof it up long to her, man. Who's, which, by the way, I have to say, like, his hold-up play, I, homeboy is strong. Like, oh, he's, he he's held up the ball well. <laughs> the hairline not there. Like, the, the hairline not there. But that hold-up play is gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. It, I mean, it, that that's one thing that I feel we've always had kind of a sorts of someone who can do that hold-up type of play. We had that last year with Luke playing up top, even though he wasn't banging in goals. He was providing that hold-up play. But I feel at this point, Hernan Gonzalez is definitely going to be able to give us the best of both. He had some half chances, and I think as the season goes on, we'll see more of him. We'll see more chances from him, especially the more he links up with Terzaghi. Uh, But his hold-up play was top-notch. Yeah, I mean, how many times did he drop back into the midfield and just be able to, you know, Grab the ball, you know, release pressure back to Emmy, back to uh, Victor, back to you know, whoever you know, he needed to be able to connect with to be able to, you know, allow them to you know, push it forward up to Bulldog, up to Bolaños, and you know, get that attack, you know, going with a quickness. Yeah, especially if I was talking about her now. Let's go ahead and break it down. It's our first goal. That man, I gotta say, I, I want to get you guys' reaction to it. Did you think Hernan meant to give the ball off to Bolognos, or was it like Bolognos just took it out right off of him? It was like, I'm going to go score my first goal of the year. Yeah, I think he's uh, generous uh, to call it that he got an assist on that. I think he trapped the ball, and then uh, you know, Johnny just uh, was like, nah, I got the better angle. I'm just taking this from you and going. I, I don't even know if Hernan fully knew that you know he was there. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I think we you've got we I think we have two aspects of this. I mean, with Hernan, I think like like you said, Matt, I don't think he knew uh, Bolanos was coming. But one thing in that particular situation with the ball moving from one flank 
across and uh, Gonzalez receiving that ball and it's going out to his left. I think it, 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 I think we were better off with Bolanos taking that ball from him because in, in that situation, Gonzalez, first of all, he was a little flat on his feet. So he, I don't think if he tried to keep that ball, he was going to be able to turn the corner around that defender to take the shot. But Bolanos is coming in at pace and he just flew and he just took the ball with him as he went by. There's no way the defender can react to that and get in the way of the shot that Bolanos then has an opening to take. Yeah, even with that, I genuinely don't think that if you know Gonzalez you know tried to pass the ball to Bolanos, the play would have come up come off right because you know Bolanos you know ran into it perfectly and tried was able to take a touch to set himself up. And there's a huge difference between taking touches to set yourself up and then versus having to uh, you know hit it first time you know, uh, you know coming off a ball that somebody played to you. You know, so whether intentional or not, it worked out. Obviously, it worked out well for us. Yeah, most definitely. And how confident do you have to be in order to not only take that ball in stride off of your own teammate, but then chip it over him? Like you, that takes some confidence, man. That 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 is some confidence. And I'm not gonna lie, like I. So this past week, I was in Charlotte at my in-laws' house, and I pretty much yelled at the top of my lungs to where my mother-in-law ran in and was like, "Are you okay?" Who's dying? I was like, no one. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. But yeah, man. Um, it was also funny when it was slowing down the replay. If you look at Hernan's uh, Hernan's face, it's kind of like that face of like, oh, you're here? Like, and I think he doesn't realize like Bologna's is this quick. And once again, the chip was amazing. I love the chip for him. But um, then. Actually, uh, the, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but to bring oh, you that good. up. I do feel that it's going to take a couple of games for Gonzalez to adapt to the pace of the USL League One game because I do feel that he was a bit slow in his movement, in his touches, in his movement with and without the ball. And like in this situation, you could see like his reaction is so slow that Bolanos is like, I got this. Let me take it. You know, so... I think I think it'll take a little bit. I'm not I'm not too concerned about it. I think two three games and Gonzalez is going to be tearing it up. But I do feel it's going to take him a while to keep up to get with that pace because our front line with when you look at players that we have like Olex and uh, Bolanos and even Terzaghi, there is pace involved here, and I do feel that he is on the slower end of that front. Yeah. I would say after that first goal, it kind of felt like Richmond kind of is like you can see the re- relaxation kind of kicking in. They were like, all right, now we can play a little bit looser. We can play not looser, I should say, but a little bit more freer. Um, you can see Emmy and Matt kind of linking up play on that left-hand side. Um, Matt didn't – I wouldn't say he was involved a lot in this match, but he did a job where it allowed Emmy and Hernan to kind of come more centrally and to kind of spread the uh, New England defense out a little bit more because they only really had one CDM in the middle of that part. So they kind of, I, I hate to say it, but they kind of ganged up on that kid and kind of made his life hell. Um, and then right before halftime, hey, yo, yo, Matt, before we move on, before we move on, can we, can we take a step back on this? You know, we need to talk about that pass that Victor Falk, you know, sent, you know, 50 <sighs> yards, you know, cross field that, you know, fell right to her now. Yes. That, that is, see, this that is why I brought beautiful. you on the show, man. It was. Yo, yeah. I've been saying this, man. I Victor Flock is the sweetest parallel. Like, 
his vision for that kind of pass, first and foremost, it was on the money. It was on the money. That that was the easiest pass to receive right there. He put it right on his foot. That was beautiful. That and it look talk more of that, please. More of that this season, and we're gonna be ripping teams to shreds with passes yeah, and- like that, with delivery like that. Yeah, and that's not a fluke either, because I, I cannot remember which game it was, but you know, one of the home games last year, uh, we didn't end up you know, scoring, you know, at the end of the play, but there, he get, you know, played about a 50-yard ball from you know the center circle, you know, perfectly onto whoever was playing right back, you know, that game, uh, you know, put you know down in the corner, you know, led to a, a really good shot. I'm sure it's by Emmy who shot it because he was taking all of our shots last year, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, but. Yeah, I remember that you know, moment. I was like, "Oh damn, I didn't know he had that in him." And then, you know, you know on Saturday, he busts that you know same club you know back out again. You know, dr- you know drops that uh you know nine iron right on you know foot. Uh, nice little uh, you know skill to have in the back pocket. That's probably why he's playing central midfielder now for us instead of CDM. Oh, but let's go ahead and let's get into the second goal right before halftime. Matt, I'm gonna let you take this one because you called it last week. You know, I, I'm gonna start okay. calling you Master Domus because that, that's your new name on the show. Because not only did you call the lineup, not only did you call Monty having this breakout game, you also called Zaka getting a yellow card. I think the Zaka one was probably the easy one to call. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so yeah, we're, we're in what, you know, 45th plus two plus three, something like that. Uh, you know, Get another corner kick, uh, and as kickers fans know, the last few years corner kicks have not been our friend at all in any way. I think we might yeah. have like one full. You know, Victor scored one last year. Uh, you know, Torres scored one the year before. The fact that we can count out exactly which ones they were, uh, you know, says enough about it. And then, but how many have we given up over the years? It's been brutal. Too many. <laughs> and it all happened to be in section O, and the guy just turns around and looks at us like, "I did it." Yeah, it's like, awful. Oh gosh, it's awful. But so this time, uh, Zaka is taking our you know, corner kick, you know, floats one in, and I still couldn't totally tell if it was just a pure goalkeeper whiff. It was it was Hernan getting a little bit of a touch on it to you know redirect it you know down. If it was just them kind of coming together, but uh, you know Earl Edwards, the New England keeper, you know, goes out you know, for it, doesn't get it. Uh, you know, Hernan, you know, kind of, you know, up there challenging them and the ball falls right into Monty's foot, uh, you know, as he's running through and has about the easiest goal you'd ever imagine. Just had to let it hit him and it goes right in, into the corner, literally the last touch of the half. Yeah. You know, what, what a better way to go into halftime, you know, than demoralizing an opponent, putting them down two. Yeah. Oh, that, I that, mean, that, honestly, what it, oh, you go to you go. Yeah. Those are the situations that you want to have as a team, especially. Either if you're nil-nil right before the half and you, you score that goal, or you're up one nil and you 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 double your 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 lead right before the end of the first half. Because you're imagine yourself, New England Revolution 2's coach, and you're thinking to yourself, all right, you're setting up a plan to talk to the team about, all right, we're only one nil down, we can do something about it. So you have your halftime talk set up and literally right before the the whistle blows for them to go back into the locker room. Oh, it's not one nil. It's two nil. That completely changes the game plan. And I mean, in that situation, it's, I I think, like you said, Matt, it's part 
an unforeseen deflection part a goalkeeper mess up because I mean at the end of the day in that situation if at the last second you don't feel that you're going to be able to catch it you punch it you don't just put a hand on it and then have it just drop right in the danger zone because literally Monty doesn't do anything but just run into the ball like literally he just runs into the ball he doesn't even take a foot up to try and touch it he just runs into it and that, that that's that I mean as a on a set piece that's what you want you just want to get something on it and put it towards the goal and in that situation I mean that's the best situation you can have so now we go in at halftime two nil up it's almost done and dusted and while the other team now has to change their mentality change their the halftime talk literally seconds before they go into the locker room those kind of dirty goals for lack of a better way of putting it like those are the ones that you see do the really you know, good premier teams in any league in the world you know finding their way to you know on a you know somewhat regular basis not always you know the glamour goals like you know, the first one and the next one we'll talk about it's those you know kind of uh you know the scrappy you know goals that uh you know come out of you know nowhere because you end up in the right spot they're not pretty they're not you know going to show up in any kind of uh you know youtube mix or anything but they all count this is very true this is very true but what I was going to say, um, <laughs> was pretty much, it just looked like Hernan's main job was just to interfere with the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper just missed it, but you guys already explained it well enough. So we'll move on ahead. Um, pretty much, do you think, what's Darren's words going in the halftime? Pretty much, it's just, I was like, just keep everything the same, just play consistent. I will say this, I felt like in the second half, the early part of the second half, we came out a little bit more relax but i mean it's a two-goal lead i would have liked us to see get more possession of the ball but maybe that's not how darren sets up his team you know with the two-goal lead going in that time i think uh i think um literally going into halftime wouldn't be surprised if darren basically told the guys all right tighten it up on defense let's just keep things clean in the back um you know let's keep playing our game if we can keep possession we can keep possession if not uh, just make their lives a living hell as they're moving up the field towards our goal. Just make sure make sure they have to fight for literally every yard, almost. And and you could see that in the second half, like New England, they they were trying everything. I think uh, Akira was more busy in the first half than he. Second half, it's almost like I forgot we. Except oh, we're taking the goal kick. Yeah, yeah, Akira's in there. You know, so. You had a, uh, you had those situations, and I mean, it was a shock to see that we're reaching that the 85th minute, and I hear the the commentator saying, "New England have not yet had a shot on goal," and I'm like, "Oh, that is true to make a save." I think in the first half he had to come out and kind of play sweeper keeper, and on in certain situations come out and and collect a ball or two, but in the second half it was really, really, really quiet for him. Yeah, it was. Um, it was quiet for him. I think, I mean, like you said, he didn't face a shot on target. I think the second half, he never really even faced like a dangerous shot. I think the most he had to do was pretty much a goal kick. Um, and that's even with New England, I think at one point having 75% of the possession because Richmond was just like, all right, we're just going to sit back and you make a mistake, we're going to count on you. We're not going to put ourselves in a position where we get stretched too far then. I mean, there were moments where Richmond would counterattack, get down the field, and New England would counter do the counter counter attack to us, 
and then they would kind of be in possession. But outside of that, Akira didn't face any danger that I can remember uh, in the second half at all. Um, Matt, anything you want to add to that, my man? No, I mean, was there any point in the game where you actually stopped and thought, oh, crap, they're going to score? I, I never thought they were going to score on us. Well, Matt, see, I always had the nervous bubble in my stomach. I, I did not miss it at all. Um, and I forgot what it felt like to have that nervous bubble in my stomach during a kicker's game. But it was nice to see the kickers actually uh, play very competent defense and keep a clean sheet and score multiple goals like we were able, unable to do last year. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I think it was just an overall like, really strong you know, defensive performance. Like We kept shaped well you know, throughout. I mean, you had you know, Zach and Victor you know, helping to clog up the midfield. Uh, you know, Ivan and you know, Jalen in the center of defense, they were great you know, together. You know, uh, you know, Jalen got stuck in and, you know, scrapping around, you know, kind of, you know, messing with every, you know, loose ball out there. And, you know, not necessarily what you would think for the, you know, big, uh, you know, six four defender. You think that's more, you know, for the Ivan. You know, but I, Ivan was, you know, busy, you know, clearing out, uh, you know, anything that, you know, came through, you know, tight man marking. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, uh, Ivan got the captain's armband. So that answers that question, you know, for us of, uh, you know, who's wearing it this year. I think it's a good choice. Yeah, I saw that, and at first I was like, I was trying to figure out who had the armband because I missed like the starting lineup. Because in my head, I thought this game started at five thirty, and my dog is really excited that I, <laughs> Ivan is the captain, of course. Um, but it's good to see. I mean, the work that he put in last year, he definitely deserved the captain's armband and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know he's uh, you know he's got you know, seniority with the team. He's in a you know a position where they're you know, a little bit more natural leadership, you know, with the group now. He's, you know, uh, you know, one of the older guys, you know, in his mid twenties, uh, you know, at this point. So I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think we talked about, you know, this last episode, or maybe it was off air where, you know, it would have felt a little weird if, you know, Akira had the captain's armband, uh, you know, being on staff too. So I think, uh, you know, Ivan, uh, you know, so far so good with Captain Ivan. Yeah. So let's go ahead and break down this. Oh, Shanir's back. There you go, Shanir. You can talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Ivan um, had a very solid performance. And, I, and I've always been a, nav- uh, a firm believer that if you don't have to hear too much about what a center back is doing on the pitch, they're doing a good job. I mean, it, because of the fact that he, he wasn't overly involved with any, you know, last ditch defending or or goal line clearance or last ditch tackle or anything of that sort lets you know that he he shored it up in the back like he would he led that back line very well yeah he did an amazing job uh back there with Chrysler too who had uh I believe a goal line save as well or maybe not a goal line save but you know he stopped the chance from um, getting shot on goal but this last goal is probably the most exciting for the goal that probably means the most. Uh, right before this, make sure that if you haven't already, if you can, uh, make sure you go to the Richmond Kickers website. Make sure you uh, donate to uh, the St. Vincent and the Grenadines uh, Foundation. You know, everything that's happened over there, we want to wish them the best. But to see Mr. Olex, did I get it right, Matt? Olex? Yes. Uh, I think you got it right. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> um, to see Mr. Olex uh, score a goal in the, what, the 93rd minute, 
you know, pretty much Akira right now has an assist, and I love it. I think that's one of the coolest things in soccer is a goalkeeper assist, and he pretty much just punts his ball down the field. I think he's just like, get this ball away from me. I'm trying to run out of this clock. And Anderson, as I like to call him, Sweet Feet, pretty much is like, I think I can get to this. He pretty much runs onto it, chips it up over the keeper into the back of the net, and it's a third goal. Any other? What you guys think about it? I mean that that was that was typical Olex. I mean the pace, the composure, and just the gall, the the just the gall to just chip the keeper like that, and just stay seated on the floor on the on the pitch and watch it yeah. go over the keeper and bounce into the goal. I mean it was it that was beautiful. It was beautiful. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. And you, know, you consider you know the you know, having the motor and the drive to just even chase after that ball because like it's a, you know, keeper punting the ball out, you know, over you know, everyone's head in the 93rd minute when there's only three minutes stoppage. It could have been really easy for him to just, you know, say, all right, well, this is making it all the way back, you know, to their keeper. Just I'll let it go. I'll fall in, uh, you know, get into shape and everything. But no, he went after it. And, uh, you know, the revolution defender, you know, clearly, you know, thought that, uh, he wasn't going to get caught. Yeah, so he just goes for the nice little header back to his keeper, and then, oops, look who's in between all of a sudden. And yeah, you know, like like you said, Shanir, uh, you know, nice chip, you know, easy, uh, you know, finish just watching it float into the goal. And uh, yeah, what a better way to finish off the first game of the season. Yeah, it's a great way to finish off. I came close to my prediction that we would score four goals in a game, but. But uh, either Emmy or Hernandez, I think I feel good with my prediction. But three goals, you can't go bad with that. Also, three points in a row and a clean sheet away. So that's the positives of that, man. Any final thoughts on this game before we move on into our preview of uh, Greenville? No, I mean, yeah, you you're pretty close. You were pretty close for your four four goal prediction, but we've got plenty more games, and it looks like these guys are hungry for goals. I mean, and I, this performance just showed how the kickers can play and how we can dominate. And because even though we did not dominate possession, um, we just, we let them, that was part of our game. We let them have the ball and we said, we're just going to punish you. We're going to put, when we get the ball, we're going to punish you. When we don't have the ball, yeah, you can have it all you want. You're not getting any, any clear cut chances on our goal because most of the, most of the shots that were taken didn't go, didn't go anywhere near the goal. And they were like hit and hope type shots. So it's basically the, the the kickers literally boxed New England out of this game. Yeah, I mean, those the kind of shots they had were the kind where you give them to them. If they can score on those, more power to them. You'll take your chances with those shots every day of the week. But overall, yeah, I mean, really not much you can complain about. I mean, you really want to get like nitpicky. Yeah, maybe there were like a couple of you know loose passes in the midfield that you know a better team might have been able to punish a little bit more. But again, game one, uh, the defense was able to recover well in those spots. So I'm not really too worried about it. And you know, can you think of you know any of the you know, 15 players who played who you classify as having anything other than a good game? I can't. I mean, maybe you know Vickers in his 30 second cameo at the end. You know, doesn't move from okay up to good, but. 
Yeah. Figures I mean, came on. I was just like, oh, you get thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I, again, with with you know some of those passes going astray, some touches going astray. I equated that to also we have to take into consideration the pitch. I mean, it was AstroTurf, but it was very sticky AstroTurf. You could see every time that ball bounced, you saw like a cloud of little black pellets flying up. And I saw actually there were a lot of balls that were played. You could, The ball almost stuck to the turf rather than taking that skip that it normally would on regular grass. And, you know, at City Stadium, it's grass. It's actual grass. They're training on grass fields not on turf fields, and that's a very, very different game when you're playing on Astro Turf. Shanir, is this your old man yelling at the clouds moment? No, it's not my old man yelling at the clouds moment. It's 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 nostalgia because I've actually was on Gillette Stadium's pitch when they had grass, when it was immaculate and beautiful, and I don't know why they switched over to that crap. <laughs> well, hey, look, the only switch that matters is you switched over from them to the good guys. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Own it. You're a kicker fan. I mean, I, they'll, they'll, always be a place, they'll always be a place <laughs> in my heart. There'll always be a place in my heart for New England Revolution. I'm a Taylor Twellman fan. I'm a Clint Dempsey fan. I'm, you know, all of those guys. Shalry Joseph, Matt Reese. I grew up on those guys. So that's, there's always going to be a place in my heart for, for that club. But I mean, look, it's where you at is where, is, is what counts. And where I'm at right now is with the kickers. So let me ask you this question. If it came down to like a U.S. Open Cup final between us and New England Revolution, who are you rooting for? Neutral ground. It doesn't matter. Look, look, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm rooting for the Reds to win 3-0. Okay? (laughs) You said Reds or Revs? Which one? Reds. E-R-E-D-S. Okay. I'm (laughs) looking for the kickers. Look, up the ruse. Up the ruse all day now. I feel like you're just saying, oh, oh, <laughs> um, we got Greenville coming up, guys. Um, look, this, if there's any game that can really prove that the kickers are about it this year, I think it's this one. Um, and it's probably way too early to say, like, this is a must win game, but I believe this is like a cornerstone game, not only because it's the health insurance derby, but also because Greenville are your League One champions. People at Union Omaha might say they're not because they might put an asterisk beside it, but they're the League One champions. Um, so real quick, a real quick breakdown of Greenville. Um, they got three new arrivals: Don Smart coming from Ford Madison, uh, Mario's Loomis is joining from North Carolina FC, and Jacob uh, Goodall. It was a great player at Xavier University. He's joining as well. They did have some key departures, such as Jake Keegan. We know him all too well as he scored two goals against us in the first game. And also Carlos Gomez. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, man, but Carlos, he has he's the one that scores the first goal the last two seasons, right? No, that's Alex Morrell. Alex Morrell, okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember who it was. All right, and then, um, well, the two key players that you need to watch is, of course, Dallas J, who was uh, USL's. Golden Glove winner last year for both 2019 and 2020. And like that mentioned, Alex Morrell and John Harks. I swore I thought John Harks was going to get the Atlanta United job. Um, but when I saw that he resigned for a third year on to Greenville, let me know that he is there for the long run. He's really building this team up. So with all that being said, guys, 
what are your thoughts on Greenville? How do you think we line up? How do you think we play? You know, is it going to be the same kind of cut and paste tactics from Revsu or, or, or is Darren Wise going to play this a little bit differently? Um, I think I think uh, we may have to play it a little differently because we do know that Greenville they're more they're a more established squad than New England Revolution two. Um, they have more firepower. Um, they've they're proven champions. You know, at the end of the day, yes, there wasn't a playoff, but at the end of the day, when all the dust is cleared, when all the games are played, they had the most points and and they ran away with the league very early on last season and with that being said we need to be careful we did granted we are one of the few teams that did beat them last year in in the season and so we have that we have that clout to go into this game with confidence but not to be too confident and not to try and play them the way we played with uh, Revolution 2 would probably be the best way to go about it. Maybe go for a little bit more possession, try and ha- try and use our firepower a little bit more to put them on the back foot. Because I think with Greenville, what you want to do is force them to be on the back foot, force them to have to think about maybe trying to counterattack, maybe trying to sit back, rather than them being a, be, being focused on putting the ball in the back of your net. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see a variation in shape. I think, you know, ever since Darren got here, we've been pretty consistent with playing that 4-3-3. You know, but we've seen it, uh, you know, the, I don't want to say intensity. I don't think that's the right you know, word for it, but I think you, you know, we'll look at how, you know, aggressive and how, or how passive it is, you know, game to game. And I think even last year, most, you know, home games, you saw that your team come out a little, you know, a bit more aggressive with a little, you know, a little bit higher pressing. Now than they would on the road, so I wouldn't be surprised to see you know, more of that this time around. I think uh, I think the possession stats last game just ended up being more of a function of the game. The second half we didn't use ball at all, so you know, there wasn't you know a real you know big need you know, to you know, chase after it and you know, string together pass after pass after pass after pass. You know, uh, so I, I'd be stunned if you know those possession numbers are anywhere close to the same again. But uh, keep this in mind, you know, Greenville triumph. I've never gotten a point to City Stadium. John Harsh has never won a match as a coach at City Stadium, even going back to his Cincinnati days. You know, so our team is capable. Yes, they won the league last year. Yes, they're a very good team. There's no reason for this team to be afraid of them at all. You know, so you know we've proven time and time again that we can you know, be able to you know, play with them. Uh, you know, Matt Boldick, I think you know, still has uh, you know his uh, you know personal Tyler Pollock, uh, you know, collection of, you know, you know, burned scarecrows, you know, whatever you want to call them, collected, you know, from both games last year where he absolutely dusted that dude in route, you know, to goals. Uh, so why change, you know? Yo, he burns him twice. Twice. Yeah. Like back, like, if there's any way to show, like, how fast Matt is, it's those who Kings, man. He burned that man twice. I think one time you put him in a spin cycle. That was that. That, that was, was glorious. Probably. <laughs> I think that was the most satisfying thing of of the win against Greenville is when you saw how Matt Bulldog just owned him. He 
owned him. I, I, I mean, you, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. And Matt Baldock is going to be going into this game, remembering that all the, the kickers are going to be going into this game, especially the ones that were here last year, remembering that, look, health yeah. insurance cup is ours. <laughs> yeah. And, and you think that Greenville doesn't remember that, you know, I don't care what anybody you know, says. That stuff does sit with you, and you, you know, whether you actively game plan for it or it's in the back of your mind, you're going to remember. Oh crap! I, you know, I need to give him you know a couple steps. Otherwise, uh, it ain't going to work out well for me. So that's going to you know open up you know space for him ball at his feet instead, and you know, most likely. So you know, building up that uh, level of uh, just ownership over you know in a one-on-one battle over the years will pay dividends. We're going to guarantee a win. No, you know this. They're a good team, you know. Certainly, they're capable of getting a result. But I, I believe in the group that Darren's put together, and I think there's also a big benefit in us having played a real game already, and versus them having, uh, you know, this be their season, uh, you know, debut. Think back to last year, same exact scenario. Greenville had already played a game. We go down there for our first game, and gave them a good fight, but came up a little bit short. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely for that for real. Uh, you think Darren changes the lineup at all? If he changes the lineup, you think everything stays the same or someone comes in, someone comes out? I mean, of course. <laughs> well, there's going to be a change already because of uh, Ian. But outside of that, do you think there'll be any additional changes? Um, I'm not sure. Um, I, I actually, I'm going to flip the question to you guys. You, who do you think is going to go in instead of Ian? On that side, I mean, I assume it's going to be Luke. You know, I think it's uh, Luke. Yeah, I think Luke. Yeah, because uh, you know, Devonte you know, still seems to be you know rehabbing from you know, his injury, uh, and you know Calvo, you know, not you know ready yet. You, know, I mean, I'm using you know, the substitute bench from last week to inform you know on this, so it's possible one you know one or either of them could be you know, up and ready to go, but. Uh, you know, Luke got the call last week. He performed you know, pretty well. I don't see any reason to mess with that. Yeah, that's the thing about Luke. Like Luke is never Luke is the kind of player where he's not going to shine in one particular position well, but he's he's good at multiple positions. If that makes sense, like he's basically he's, our James I, Milner. Okay, bringing it back to Richmond, he's basically our. Troyer, for lack of a better term. Like, you remember how Troyer could be, like, the left back? He could be the Central CEO. or wide, yeah. Yeah, he could do it wherever. <laughs> yeah. Now, the other thing with Luke is uh, he's not going to back down from a challenge at all. You know, he will, you know, get into the mix with it. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was, you know, sometime in uh, the second half, there's that little scuffle, uh, you know, that kind of started, you know, in the defensive area. I don't remember who was between. Who was the first guy, you know, right up in, you know, they're, you know, sticking up, you know, for his teammate, you know, getting in the opposition's face. Luke Pavone. You know, he's yeah, not, he took you know, his mask off and everything. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's, not the, he's not the biggest guy, but, you know, would he be willing to, you know, bet that anybody else has a bigger heart than him on the team? Yeah. No, I don't I think, think there's anyone that can step up to Luke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Luke. Luke. Luke's got yeah. heart. He's he's got heart that makes him big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, or the more fun way to think about this and ask about it. You know, you're going out. You know, uh, you know, out with the boys. 
you know, for the night, and you know that, uh, you know, think back to the college days, and you know there might be a little bit of a scuffle. But, you know, you want Luke and your crew. Yeah, Luke's not afraid. I don't think Luke's afraid of pretty much anything on the field. <laughs> um, but yeah, this Greenville game is going to be interesting. Uh, kickoffs at what six thirty, I believe. Six thirty. Six thirty. Yeah, on ESPN Plus. So definitely, Kicker Trends. Make sure you tune into that. Make sure you uh, come to City Stadium because not only is it the home opener, it's the first home game. So you know, the first game of City Stadium is always popping. It's always live. It's an event, you know. We we gotta sell it out social distancing wise. I feel like that's yeah, sell it out as much as as, as based on the capacity, <laughs> based on the capacity that we're allowed to have. Uh, but you gotta love the home openers. The home openers, I I mean, I live for them. They're they're awesome. That every year they've just been great. Um, even last year with the season starting late with COVID, it was still a a, a pretty good atmosphere. Um, and I'm, I'm I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what it is about. Well, see, this is like the second year in a row. Because yeah, for last, last year it was it was, was Fort Madison. The year before that, I mean, technically, I don't know if they was trying to put it as a robbery, but it felt like it because Lansing, uh, that Lansing and Knight kept kicking our ass up and down the field. Oh yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like we opened up against a big team. Oh, as a home opener, we can't just get like a cakewalk. But I mean, that's what happens. You're one of the you know I mean, best teams in USL I mean, League One. I mean, last year was a cakewalk. Come on. Last year we, we last year we were just happy to have a year. Um, so that's our preview of the Greenville game. <laughs> but we got to spend some time. I'm this is my personal segment. Um, talking about these jerseys that the Richmond Kickers drop. Not only yes, one yes. does a home jersey reminds us. Uh, I think we're going to change our team name to the Richmond Gunners or Gooners. Um, as I've seen us talk on Twitter, but the home jersey, I want to get your guys' opinion on it. What do you guys think about that? Is it a must for you? Is it something you probably pick up later in the year? Um, the home kit is 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 nice. It's clean. It's 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 fresh. I like it. I really like it. But that away kit is the one I definitely need in my closet. Like today, <laughs> I really, really liked that. So the home, I mean, I mean, for the away kit, uh, that that was a that was a big pleasant surprise when I saw that. Um, that was awesome. I, I definitely that kit. <laughs> yeah, they dropped it. That, that that away kit, they dropped it out as out of nowhere. Like, cause in my head, I was like, oh, well, I'll, they haven't said anything about their away kit. Like, so I'm assuming that. <clears throat> my bad. I'm assuming that we're just gonna wear the home kit up there in New England, and lo and behold, like they dropped this kit out of nowhere. And I have to say, like me and Matt was talking about it earlier, like it's not uh super like you know how the wicked they get really fucking wear with it. It's a basic gray jersey, like the kickers uh England was even blacked out. But it's the fact of like they did something so Richmond that makes it like. Everyone loves it. Like I was putting it on Facebook, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, I need that." Because everyone knows what is Richard known for? U crops. And what is U crops known for? The rainbow cookies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when you know the red you know, came out, you know, it was beloved. You know, yeah, it was you know the jersey looks nice on its own, but you know the U crops logo it had that sort of you know, nostalgia for anyone who grew up 
in the area who's you know older than you know what early teenager something like that uh so you know all of us like i'm in my you know late 30s you know i grew up you know went to ucrop you know that was the story i i didn't even know that grocery stores were open on sundays for the longest time you know because you know we went to ucrops and they were closed on sunday so i thought that all grocery stores were closed on sundays for forever right uh you know but the typeface of it you know looks you know nice and clean on you know the jersey it you know really pops i mean i think that's an under you know stated you know bit of you know just how the font and everything can really affect how uh the look of a you know a jersey comes across uh so that alone i think it was going to be good you know you saw a lot of people even when that came out midweek you're like oh crap you know ucrops that's awesome you know that's you know so richmond it's great uh but yeah then you know saturday you know when they finally released it like six o'clock or or not i guess not six answer at five like four thirty or whenever it was yeah, couldn't really tell it at first. You know, you're like, what are they making a big deal about? It's great. And then you start to see the little details in the Ucrops lettering. You see the sublimated you know, rainbow cookies. And again, for anybody who was a little kid, you got went to the grocery store with their parents. You went straight to that bakery because you're gonna you know, get either a rainbow cookie or one of those little butter cookies. And they're the magic. I, it's one of those things where I don't know if I want to have one right now because I don't want to you know ruin you know, the memory of what it was like and you know they might just be you know, plain and boring you know in reality but man little can be you can get enough of them nah i mean like even my, so my mom saw the jersey and she never once again i had to do the monsters with my mom to make sure this was cool or not when oh, my yeah. mom saw the away jersey <laughs> she automatically was like that's the rainbow cookie and she started went on this long <laughs> talk about ucrops and i'm like yo it's a good jersey <laughs> so that's the mom test so the question is, does this mean our third jersey is going to be the White House Rolls jersey? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, that, that's the other yeah. holy grail of U-Crops. It is. That or like their pound cake. Or the chicken salad. If they do the, if they do the U-Crops uh, lettering with the chicken salad, <laughs> look, I like, a bill might not get paid that day. A bill might not get paid. They do a chicken salad kit. <laughs> also, Gordon brought up a very important question. If I buy this uh, rainbow cookie jersey, do I then get a free thing of rainbow cookies? Because if so, those cookies, are, I mean, those jerseys are going to sell like hotcakes. <laughs> or or y'all remember a few years ago when you know, during the game, you know, Kikaru would just launch White House rolls into the stands? How about rainbow cookies? Oh, they need to launch, launch some in- cookies. They need to launch some cookies. <laughs> they got to be individually wrapped, though. You know, you can't just be throwing random cookies at kids. Yeah. Yeah, actually, now that, now that I think about it, it might not be a good idea because uh fight should be starting in the stand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Once again, my dogs agree with me that the rainbow cookies are really good. <laughs> um. So yeah, man, that's it for the jerseys. Um, Bolognos is also up for Player of the Week, I believe, right? Ah, uh, well, he, 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 he might have been. He's up for Goal of the Week. He didn't. Uh, Monty officially announced as a USL League One Player of the Week earlier today. That's what it was. I got the two confused. Yeah, yeah Monty uh, won Player of the Week, which deserved. If you're a defender, you know, not only scoring the goal but having a shutout, more than likely you're gonna get Player of the Week. Bolognos is probably up for Goal of the Week with that chip. Um. 
Yeah, man, it's it's a good start for Richmond Kickers. Um, Richmond Kickers fans, man, I think that was a lot of the questions that we were getting. Like, a lot of the fan base seems to be very excited. Of a lot of the questions is, should I be overexcited? Me personally, it's only the first game. Like, don't get too hyped. Like, still, you know, bring it back a little bit, but it's good to be in a positive space. You know, you know what? I'm going to say, be excited. Yeah, it's okay to have that, you know, enthusiasm. It's okay to have that energy going, you know, into the season. Because that, you know, is going to feed off of the people that you're around. It's going to feed off you're coming to the game. It's going to, you know, help build into the stands. It's going to help your team feel it. You know, it's been a rough, you know, few years in the wilderness. It's okay to be excited. It's okay to get hyped. Let's go ahead and embrace it. Oh man, it has been a couple of rough years in the wilderness for kickers, but it's it's good, man. Um, any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap up this episode? Like this episode almost did end, <laughs> but it's good to see that we got it in. So, any final thoughts before we uh wrap up and get up out of here? Buy your tickets, um, you know. Buy your tickets this Saturday. You know, it's probably going to sell. It's still limited. I wouldn't count on being able to get tickets the day of. The- you know, the game, especially with, uh, you know, still being under COVID protocols, team did a great job uh, in managing all that in the stadium last year. So if you were on the fence last year, I get it. You know, I understand why you wouldn't, you know, would have held off, but they did a really, really good job of building a safe atmosphere. Uh, there's every reason to think they're going to be able to continue to scale that up as we move forward, as everybody, you know, continues to you know, get their vaccines and we move back into our normalcy. So, uh, you know, get out there. You know, this team deserves support. They're fun to watch. They're going to be fun to watch. Get out there, you know, and you know, do it. Do do what we can do on our end. You know, to you know, help them do what they do on their end. Yeah, uh, I I second that, Matt. Um, just come out to the game. Come out to the, the city stadium is a fun place to to be uh, for a kickers game. Um, and and I mean, like you said. Obviously, based off of their performance against New England, this is an exciting team. This is an exciting team to watch. They're playing exciting football. They're really, really, really entertaining the viewers. So, I mean, come out and support. Come out and support as much as you can because the more you support – and, the, and I, I just remember hearing a lot of times, almost every season, you get one or two players uh, will definitely – come to us and tell us, look, you guys have really, you know, really make it worth it being out on the field and you, you make a difference. You make a difference when they're at City Stadium and they hear everyone cheering, they hear the chants, they hear the drums, they hear the noise. It it gets them fired up to play. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the 12th man is only as, as good as the crowd is, you know, and we've got to be that 12th man. Let's be the best 12th man in, you, in League One. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, definitely being that it's been a full year. This time last year, guys, can you believe it that we had zero sports at all? Like, we were watching uh, The Last Dance on ESPN, like, <laughs> breaking down film. But, you know, a whole year since that, we're back in the stadium. Um, so, like these guys said, buy your tickets, make sure you're there, be loud, be proud, wear your colors. Um, so, as always, it's been a pleasure doing the show with you guys. Yes, yes, yeah. Absolutely, man. <laughs> so as always, guys, you can follow us at River City ninety three. You can follow Matt at RV is Red. He is writing articles, so make sure you check him out and support him as well. Shanir does a tweet, so any tweets you have of him, you can probably put him to River City ninety three, and I'll pass it along to him. Guys, 
I'll see you guys at Greenville. As always, listeners, keep catch you guys later and catch you guys with this. I'll holler at you later.